The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Playoffs continue and injury news abounds as always. Running down the stretch, three and a half weeks to go in the NBA season. Let's try to make this a winning season once again. Welcome everybody to Wednesday's Fantasy NBA Today. I'm your host, Dan Vespers. Thanks as always for tuning in. You can and should, and I would ask that you please do, follow me on Twitter at Dan Vespers, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google search Dan from Hoopball. Because this is a hoop ball presentation. That website is hoop-ball.com. The news feed, fantasy news feed, as news breaks, is at hoopballfantasy. Do follow that. I mean, really do follow that this time of year. As 100 injuries have news between 3 and 4 in the afternoon Pacific time, have the feed that's going to give you the actual fantasy analysis on it as well. Hoopball fantasy. Again, that's the... Twitter handle for our benevolent overlords at hoop-ball.com. And as I've said before, please do check out the Fantasy Pass. Just demo it here for one month. It's just $4.99. We'll get you through to the end of the regular season. You can keep riding it through if you guys are doing stuff, if you have playoff leagues or if you play DFS during the postseason. The Fantasy Pass includes all of our DFS analysis. But really, laser-focused at this point, on winning your league, whether it's a head-to-head playoffs you're in right now, it's Roto, you're coming towards the coming down the chute, you've got questions on who to start, who to stream, who's the specialist, who do I pick up, join the Fantasy Pass and hop into our Discord. It's worth it to get your questions answered every single day between now and the end of your season. That's hoop-ball.com. Click on the Premium tab and choose Fantasy Pass. I'd love it if you guys also got involved in the uh, the sports betting side of things. We'll be doing that year-round, our sports betting guys. They cover every sport, major and less major. Baseball, basketball, that's basically what's going right now. We got golf plays over the weekend, MMA plays in our wager pass. But I'll tell you more about that in the middle of the show. Let's recap a short Tuesday. There's a couple of relatively large, I think, pieces of injury news to go over which I think maybe we can even do that at the front end here, and then a monster Wednesday, which we've been talking about streaming all week. There's all sorts of stuff. And if you guys are wondering why the podcasts are coming out a little bit closer to the middle of the day right now, it's specifically because I believe right now we're in a portion of the season where what happened the night before is actually less useful than what's coming the upcoming evening. It's almost like for about three weeks at the end of the regular season, we have to treat full season like DFS. You play your best guys in Roto. You cut guys that aren't getting it done in Roto. You pick up streamers in Roto, guys with huge opportunity, even if it's for one day. You just rotate dudes in and out of your lineup and just make sure you're getting the best possible results on any given day. Even if there's someone on your team that You know, maybe they do have a better full season marker or rest of season marker. This is a time of year where you can drop top 80, top 90 guys if they're in a slump. In Roto. In Roto, I should say. Head-to-head a little bit less so because it's very schedule-dependent in head-to-head. 
In Roto, make sure you use your entire games cap, but also make sure you're checking out averages. Do you actually need to change the complexion of your team to catch someone you're, that's, you're behind or someone that's trying to chase you down? And then on the head-to-head... Well, uh, yeah, I mean, anyway, you get it. The point of it here is you want to know who's in and who's out, and you want to know who you should be streaming, and we're not that worried about rest-of-season outlook on guys anymore. It's less so. So let's do a quick injury update. Let's look back at Tuesday, and then let's look ahead to Wednesday. That's what's coming up here on Fantasy NBA Today. We dive in right now. I know I got into the theory side of things. You guys know I love to get sidetracked by theory. I think that's the best way to approach fantasy sports. Yeah, we got to do the day-to-day grind, but you kind of have to understand what your actual goals are as you're doing all of this stuff. Big news of the day. Damian Lillard sounds like he'll be back for tonight. So Lillard misses three games, about a week of basketball and he will make his return most likely this evening against the visiting Denver Nuggets. Should be a fun ball game. Nuggets are favored by one and a half. That's a big one. If you got Dame, you put him in your lineup. I don't think there will be any minutes restriction on him. The Blazers are hanging on right now to the last non-play-in spot in the Western Conference. So there is very real impetus for them to go and win a few ball games. They could even catch the Lakers, potentially. They're two and a half games back of L.A. Anthony Davis, we have news on him coming up here in just a moment, but LeBron's still a ways away. And for the Blazers, the Mavericks are only a game and a half back. And you know Dallas wants to get out of that play-in spot. You know it. Dallas has gained two games on him over the last ten. Grizzlies have gained three games on him over the last ten. They are far from in the clear, the Blazers, that is. So Dame will play plenty of minutes. If you got him, fire him up. Uh, and this is why streaming is such a... Uh, it's not a crapshoot so much as it is you, you play your best hand. We talked earlier this week about how if Dame was going to be out for multiple games, Carmelo Anthony was the guy that was seeing a, a crap ton of usage. And he, last night saw all that usage and then really was was horrible with it because he just missed every shot he took. But that was the point. How can we trust someone if the guy in front of them in the pecking order was going to be out for an extended stretch? And basically yesterday, almost right after we put out the podcast, another piece of news is that James Harden got ruled out for a while, out indefinitely. So let's go through, we'll talk Dame, we'll talk Harden, we'll talk Anthony Davis. Those are sort of three really big names that were on the injury report for good or bad reasons today. Two of them good, oddly enough. So on the Dame front, they're going to play him. This renders Carmelo uh, basically useless. And so now the Blazers go back to pretty much a start the starters thing. Plus, possibly Ennis Cantor, who started last night, but that's because Nurk was sitting out part of the back-to-back. Blazers don't have another back-to-back until next week, so you don't have to worry about that on the Nurk front. He'll play the remaining three games this week, as will Dame, and and so that situation is relatively easy. James Harden, next name I want to talk about. We got another look at what they're going to be here in the very short term. Kevin Durant, day-to-day, so he'll be back relatively soon, and let's analyze Brooklyn 
We can analyze Brooklyn a little bit more as we go through yesterday's box scores, but suffice to say that with Harden out for likely a few weeks, if you're in head-to-head, you have to try to put him in your injured slot, but I, I realize that at this time of year, we're probably also dealing with someone else on our team that's also injured. And simple fact is, you might not have Harden back for two weeks at this point. You might have to drop your first round pick. Honestly, at the beginning of this week, I probably would have told you guys to drop Anthony Davis. Like, you just can't take zeros during your playoffs. I don't know who else you guys have that's hurt on your team. There are other options out there. Like, let's say you have uh, someone down the board that's not quite as fantasy, I don't want to say fantasy relevant, but fantasy superstar status like, like Harden. Uh Kawhi is, I guess, another one we could talk about since he's out for another week also. But let's look down the board a little bit. Maybe someone like closer to 40 or 50 that's out. Uh, Rashawn Holmes is number 31. He's also out. But right now, it sounds like they're hoping to get him back, I don't know, within the week? Hard to say. Zach Levine, I think they're probably hoping to get him back in Chicago next week. I haven't seen anything on Donovan Mitchell. uh, LaMelo Ball... Probably back next week. JV, we don't even really know because the concussion stuff. Robert Williams, relatively soon. So there's these guys that are also hurt, but probably back within, say, a week. And that's why it's tough because probably, if you have one guy hurt, you probably have two. There's like one team. You can look at your whole league, and I bet you can find one out of the 12 teams that has no one hurt right now. That team is very fortunate. And it's possible that they look that way because they probably dropped someone that was hurt on their team. Now, I dropped Terrence Ross on one of my teams, so that team looks healthier than they actually were. So it's only Zach Levine and Dylan Brooks and someone else probably on that. Anyway, uh, you guys don't care about my team. That's not relevant. The point of all of this is, if you're sitting on James Harden, he's the number six player on a per-game basis in nine-category leagues this year. That's a really tough guy to convince yourself to drop. I get it. I really do. I get it. But he might not play again before the playoffs. I mean, even if he does, we're talking about probably a handful of games at most, which, yeah, hell yeah, that's useless. You're useful if your league goes to the last day. Roto, probably more than head-to-head. You can be a little bit safer there. Head-to-head league, he might just miss the entire playoffs. And if he doesn't, he'll be squeezing it at the very end. Do you really think your team can make it if that slot on your roster goes to zero? I think you've got to turn that into a streaming slot. And if you don't, you probably have to turn one of your other injured guys into a streaming slot. You wouldn't be asking about this if you, didn't, if you could just drop Harden into your IL and not worry about it. If you have one injured slot and Harden's your only injured player, that's a really easy decision. You sit on him because he's one of the best basketball players in the universe. If you got two guys hurt, three guys hurt, whatever, you got to start dropping dudes. You probably drop the ones that are least likely to come back while you're still fighting in your playoffs. And finally, Anthony Davis, who somehow by default has been moving up the per-game leaderboard. AD's played 23 games this year. He and Kevin Durant, probably the early round picks that have most destroyed fantasy teams, you'd be hard-pressed to find a team that took Anthony Davis in the first round that's in really good shape in a fantasy league. 
to get only 23 games out of your first round pick is pretty much an unrecoverable situation unless you're in a league that's not very good. 30-something you can kind of cover. You know, Cat, Embiid, those guys are in the 30s. Embiid's in the high 30s. That's tough. 40s, now you're getting somewhere. 50s, well, that's why Jokic is destroying everybody. Jokic just played in 57 ball games this year. So on the Anthony Davis front, as we record this podcast, he's going to be testing himself in a full bore practice and see how he responds. And basically the, the report as of this moment is that tomorrow morning, Thursday morning, he's going to test his leg. And if it responds well, then he's in. He'll be on a pretty good minutes restriction. One would assume 15 to 20 minute range, probably. But here's the amazing part about Anthony Davis. We don't really need, I mean, you're, never, you're not going to find the right sample size to say that it'll work because you'd have to go through almost every game in his con- entire career just to get a handful of games where he plays 15 to 20 minutes. But guess what? The game that he got hurt, he played 14 minutes, had 15 points, four boards, and assist. Finally made all five of his free throws in that game against Denver. And usually in 14 minutes, he'll get a defensive stat. So he'll probably be inside the top 100 in 15 minutes. So I'm actually starting Anthony Davis tomorrow, provided he's actually playing. Obviously, if he got dropped, we picked him up two weeks ago because, remember on this podcast, I said, I bet that Anthony Davis is back in two weeks, and it's like, I think it's about two and a half. I think it's two weeks as of yesterday from when I said that, so it'll be like a little over two weeks. Pretty good guess. Remember three weeks ago I said this would be a really crazy time? to buy low on Anthony Davis. And I said, don't do it. If you're in like, if you're in first place and you're destroying everybody, don't blow up your team. Don't do it in sixth place if you can't afford to trade away someone who's going to get you zeros. But consider doing it if you're in like fourth place and maybe you can get through the first round of the playoffs, but you're never going to beat the top take up. Well, guess what? If you were in fourth place and you traded, I don't know, Christian Wood for Anthony Davis... If you can survive this week and you get a revamped top five fantasy player for your semifinals, that could end up being one of the smartest things we've ever suggested for those types of teams. Not for first place teams, although for first place teams that have a bye, it could, have up, it could end up being a really good idea too. <laughs> it was a roll of the dice, man. I can't believe I put that hot take out there. Some of you called me crazy and you weren't wrong. You were not wrong to say that that was a crazy thing to do. But I did try to say, look, this is a niche move. If you're in first place, don't do it. Don't upset the apple cart. If you might miss your playoffs, don't do it. You can't afford to take zeros. If you're in roto, probably shouldn't do it because you're, the guy you're trading away is sort of games that you need. You don't know how many games really you're going to get out of Anthony Davis. But now all of a sudden, not so crazy if he plays tomorrow. If he doesn't play tomorrow, we go back to calling ourselves crazy. So that's good news, and uh, that's your big three injury things for the day. That's, that's a lot of superstars involved in injury news on one morning. By the way, uh, speaking of superstars and injury stuff, it sounds like Joel Embiid is now questionable for tonight. Tobias Harris still questionable. Ben Simmons still questionable. So I don't know what the hell is going on in Philadelphia, but... Yeah. Huh. <sighs> Huh. 
Let's talk about Tuesday. That's good enough on the injury front. Tuesday, uh, Orlando lost at Atlanta. Atlanta favored by a lot. They won by a little more than that. They're a pretty easy team to read these days. Lou Williams had a big one off the bench that, uh, in concert with Bogdan Bogdanovich having a bad shooting night, kind of tipped the power balance for one evening, but I don't expect that to continue. Kevin Herter's been on a pretty good run lately. That'll run out for him at some point. He's been over his head in a, in steals lately and threes and rebounding and assists, and this one, some of that stuff began to come back to earth. John Collins, 11-15, and 15, he's good to go. Kind of the same old stuff with Atlanta. They're in a decent scheduling stretch. Mentioned Herter as a guy you could potentially stream kind of starting yesterday if you wanted to, or Sunday, depending on who might be on your waiver wire. But I'm guessing most of those guys are not. So don't worry too much about it. But they do start at five and seven on Sunday. Atlanta, or excuse me, Orlando on the other side also starts at five and seven on Sunday. The problem, of course, there is that they have only one game between now and then, and it's tomorrow. So Orlando, for all the good stuff going on there, the streamable guys, because they're using a lot of different dudes, they're a, a horrible pickup if you didn't have one yesterday. Because at least then you skip today, the overload day. Orlando doesn't play tonight. Then they go tomorrow. And so you almost it's, it's a little bit of a wash. Like some teams have three games from tonight through the end of the week. Orlando only has two. But maybe you didn't need the guy playing tonight. He's the 12th dude out of the 10 you can start, that kind of thing. Well, now, once you missed yesterday, uh, you got to wait until Sunday with Orlando. But... On Sunday, give him a long, hard look. We don't know what Terrence Ross's status is going to be. I had to drop him in a league, and I'm guessing other people did as well. If he decides he thinks about maybe playing on Sunday, he'd be an amazing grab at the end of the week with five games and seven nights, although tough to know that Phil play in the back-to-backs they've got coming up. Uh, Gary Harris will not most likely play in their back-to-back, so, you know, while... And he, and he had a clunker of a game against Atlanta. While I do still like... Him, if he was going to play in all five and seven, I would say go for it, but probably not. If Ross continues to sit out, you could probably put Dwayne Bacon on your five and seven streamer list. And then Wendell Carter Jr., Cole Anthony, Chuma Okiki, and Mo Bamba. Those guys are dudes I'm starting regardless. I think those guys are useful whether or not the schedule permits. And Bamba will be better than this most days. He played 19 minutes. That's enough for him. He's got the big man blocks, threes, rebounding stuff that can pile up fantasy stats really quick. Charlotte was in New York taking on the Knicks. The uh, Knicks took care of business, although they did run their starters pretty big minutes. Julius Randle played 40 minutes in this game, and it looks a little bit tired to me. But they're chugging right now, and you just have to wonder how long before the Knicks hit one of those little soft patches where these guys playing so many minutes, they have a little bit of a uh, baby regression, but they're playing good defense, so that tends to cover a lot of it. Charlotte side, P.J. Washington came back, played 35 bench minutes, and was very good. So that means Vernon, Kerry Jr., basically any centers on Charlotte. You can just throw them out the window. Devontae Graham also back. And so that means you can throw the Martins out the window. They both played enough to be something, but neither one of them is much of a usage guy. And so if you're only going to play 24 minutes, you better be, you better be doing stuff in them. Jalen McDaniels appears to be in, in good shape. I'm interested to see what happens next week if or when LaMelo Ball makes a return. Because, I, you know, with Devontae Graham, he's better 
just overall in terms of what he does for the team than like a Caleb or Cody Martin or even a Jalen McDaniels. But Jalen McDaniels handles a spot on the floor that Graham can't do. So what happens there? Does Miles Bridges get pushed up to power forward and they go to a very heavy guard lineup? Or does Devontae Graham get pushed out of the way? And it's really worth thinking about because the Hornets are one of the better schedules this week. In fact, starting tomorrow, they go five in seven days. But as of right now, I don't know how you make any real changes with that team. On the Knicks side, Reggie Bullock just keeps trucking along. He's been well inside the top 100 for a while now. Nerland's good. Julius good. R.J. Barrett, certainly more of a points league guy. Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson were the guys we've kind of been semi-monitoring on the Knicks of late. Rose, 17 points, 5 assists, a 3-pointer, 8 out of 12 shooting. He's really starting to get close now. We're, we're on the cusp of Derrick Rose, and, and we talked about it many times in this podcast. I was like, look, I need to see him look like his old self for a couple games in a row and then put me on board. Guess what? He shot over 50% now for three consecutive ball games. That's probably your marker. Unfortunately, the Knicks have one of the worst schedules in the NBA the rest of the way. They play tonight, then they have one game the rest of the week. They only have three tomorrow, or next week, excuse me, and then finally... They have five games over an eight-day stretch starting on May the 2nd. That's about the only time, or really, if you I guess it really goes to the end of the season, they have a four-gamer there as well. But between now and May 2nd, ugh, gross, four games. And if we, do the, if we talk about the Knicks again tomorrow, which we probably will while doing a recap part of the show, just three games over 10 days? Can't use that in head-to-head. I guess you could pick up Rose in Roto if you need... A guard with good percentages, very few three-pointers, but good percentages, some scoring, some assists, that type of stuff. So he's really now kind of there. Unfortunately, he just got there almost too late. Taj Gibson, similar story. He's a rebounding block field goal percent specialist type, but if you're in head-to-head, the schedule won't allow it. And if you're in roto, he's a guy you pick up probably for this back-to-back, and then you don't really worry about him for a while. Moving along, Brooklyn. 134, Pelicans 129. Pels are really bad, man. They can't guard anybody. Look at the shooting percentages for Brooklyn. And and I know some of these guys are good offensive players, but please, please, something, somebody do something. Pelicans shot 56% and lost this ballgame. Yikes. Probably because of the free throw line. Tough to say anything else was really a difference in it. Anyway, on the Nets side, with James Harden now out for a couple of weeks and KD day-to-day, Landry Shamit and Bruce Brown are both worth streaming. Roto or head-to-head, because they actually are in a, a decent scheduling patch as well. They have four games starting yesterday, the rest of this week. They also go four games next week. So you could potentially just use those guys, because they'll both be most likely well within the top 100 for as long as Harden and Kevin Durant are out. If KD comes back, I'm inclined to believe that the guys that take the biggest knocks are the guys that rely on shots to create their value, meaning uh, Joe Harris would take a hit, although he's been kind of ramping back up after a slow spell. Jeff Green takes a huge hit. Blake Griffin takes a hit. Less so, because who cared about him anyway? Landry Shamit absolutely takes a hit when KD comes back, because those guys... Harris took 16 shots yesterday, Green 14, Griffin 13, Shamit 12. It's counting down the ladder there. Kyrie Irving had 19 shots, but 
he's going to get his. They're not coming from Kyrie's bucket. They're coming from the four other buckets we just talked about. Until KD comes back, you can make a reasonable argument that all of those guys are startable when they're starting, even in Roto. I probably would not go the Green and Griffin route in Roto, but you could you could maybe argue me into it, especially with Nicholas Claxton in protocols. So, uh, you know, they're down to DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin at center right now. Head-to-head, as we talked about, you have to be a little careful because of the weekly move stuff going on. And so, to that end, I think Bruce Brown is probably your best stream, even though Shamit played more minutes and had eight assists. Really, and really, just an excellent game from Landry. The looming prospect of a KD return, I think, makes him a little bit less safe if you're trying to get two weeks of streaming out of these guys. If you're just trying to get to the end of this week, I don't think Kevin Durant's back before the end of this week. That dude is not healing very fast, and every time he comes back, something else gets hurt. So again, they just won't rush him, even though they really need to get these guys to play together a little bit. So Bruce Brown, he's probably good for a while. I would think he's good until Harden comes back. Harris will stay over the cut line anyway. Shamit definitely over the cut line until Durant comes back, and then after that, it's a little bit of a question mark to me. And then Jeff Green and Blake Griffin, uh, those guys are barely over the cut line, even with everybody out. So less interesting, certainly, overall. But, uh, again, a case could be made for Griffin more so in Roto because he's not going to play in back-to-backs. And then for Green, now he'll play. If they got a game, he'll play. Pelicans are annoying. They're annoying. They actually rolled four of their five starters for pretty normal minutes in this one. Zion, Lonzo, Ingram, and Steven Adams. Adams has been terrible this year. Eric Bledsoe played only 17 minutes. Najee Marshall looked pretty good off the bench, but missed five of his six free throws. Youch! That's the ball game right there. Lost by five. Is Marshall a potential streamer? Would be the next question that comes up, and I think the answer is sort of. Not for a bit yet. Pelicans don't have a 5-7 and seven until April the 28th. By then, there's actually a chance that they get eliminated. Pelicans are the 11 seed, but they're four back of the Spurs. So give them another week and a half if they lose a couple more. If they're five games back by April 20... What did I just say? 28th? How many games they got left at that point? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 11? All right, so they won't give up yet, but you're getting damn close. Then you start to really look at the young guys. But that's your window for the Pels. It's that uh, April to the beginning of May. Clippers at Blazers. Kawhi Leonard ruled out for another week. That sucks, but it also means Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson will probably be doing enough to get in the I'll start these guys in Roto discussion. Odd thing is, I don't know that you can start those guys in head-to-head after tonight. They have a back-to-back yesterday and today. And then they play one game the rest of the week. They only have three games next week, three games the week after that. Presumably, Kawhi will be back in there at some point, but you're not getting much out of your Clipper streams if they're playing five games over 12 days. That's not enough. There are plenty of teams that are going seven games over those 12 days that making an argument to stream Reggie Jackson when you get two extra games out of someone else without really making any roster moves, that's, yeah, can't get on board. Batum, I guess, also potentially streamable with Kawhi out. Potentially. I don't know that that's locked in stone, but uh, probably. 
And uh, no thank you on Rajon Rondo. No thank you. We talked about the Blazers already, so let's lurk at the last game on the board. Minnesota beat Sacramento with a, a runaway fourth quarter. Kings actually led this game by three with about seven minutes to go and then lost by 14. Just got obliterated by a Wolves team that hit 18 three-pointers. Kings also, by the way, hit 18 three-pointers, but the Wolves shot 57% in the ballgame. Out-rebounded the Kings by 11 again. Some of that's because Kings had shots that just didn't go in. Uh... Free throws were tighter, but then after the ballgame, we found out that Darren Fox is dealing with a sprained ankle, which may have explained his terrible shooting night and his worst offensive game in, like, a month, basically. On the Wolves' side, Ricky Rubio somehow still hanging on to value. Not a great ball game, but 11 assists and a steal. You'll take that. And then, you know, the main, the obvious ones, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, those guys are easy plugs at the moment. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, 13-6 and six with a block. He hasn't been good enough lately. And this game, that line actually is good enough, but generally he hasn't been. So that's not a must-use situation as well, especially with Minnesota not looking at the world's greatest schedule. Basically the rest of the way. They do have four games next week, and that's fine, I suppose. But I don't think any of these guys, the non-obvious ones, are guys that you're like, oh, sweet, four games to start next week. No, I'd, I'd rather go a different way. There are, three game, there are three teams that have five games next week. Go to one of those dudes. Sacramento side, on the other hand, there actually is some interesting stuff going on here. With Rashawn Holmes out and Buddy Heald not playing well and De'Aaron Fox a little bit dinged up, they're finally using DeLon Wright. I don't know why it took so damn long to get him out there, but DeLon's now had three really good ball games in a row. 14 points, three boards, five assists, two steals, a block, four three-pointers on five out of eight shooting. One of the better fantasy lines of the night, actually. I think you can still start Hassan Whiteside. I know he wasn't very good in this one, 12-7 and seven on 6 out of 9 shooting, but he didn't really hurt you anywhere, so that's something. I would start Whiteside in Roto as long as Holmes is out. In head-to-head, I would drop him after tonight because they have three days off before their next ball game. and in head-to-head, you just can't have a three-day gap from a roster slot that's not even guaranteed production. I might even make the same argument on DeLon Wright. He's absolutely positively a must-start guy in Roto right now. In head-to-head... Eh, it's questionable. If you can hold out and he's still getting good stuff, maybe he's a grab on Sunday. Then they have five games over eight days. And they have four game weeks each of the following three weeks. But with that three-day three day gap, I, I just I can't advocate picking up Kings after they play tonight, really. And so don't pick them up before that because you're going to have to use another roster move tomorrow. That's head-to-head. Again, be very... I want to be very clear here. When I'm talking about that type of stuff, I'm talking about scheduling from an actual value standpoint. Yeah, sure. Because in Roto, you probably don't need someone that's playing every single day. I told you earlier in the podcast I was going to remind you guys about our sports betting division here at HoopBall, and I would say please do follow at HoopBallGaming. HoopBallGaming is the Twitter feed. Please do go seek that out. We have a free play. On the Hoopball Gaming feed every single day, we pull it right out of our top play thread. And I think it's going well. Devin's 3-1, and one, I'm 2-1, and one, Troy is 2-1. I think Vince missed his only one, but that's well over 500. So the free plays are going great. Those at over uh, at Hoopball Gaming. And you don't even have to get the wager pass if you don't want. We'd obviously love it if you did, because it's only 33 cents a day to get everybody's full list of actual sports betting plays that also you can find at hoop-ball.com under the premium tab. It's called the Wager Pass. It's 33 cents a day. 
and then take that over to our buddies at mybookie.ag and take their money. Sign up for an account with promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, when you open up your new account at mybookie.ag. It's on the third page of sign up. Very easy to find. It says promo code, optional. Well, guess what? It's not optional for you guys. Put in the word HOOPBALL so they know who sent you. It also unlocks different deposit match bonuses, which are great to use if you're going to be gambling for a long time because you'll knock out the rollover requirements without any issue. But if you're only planning on dabbling a little bit, go ahead and pass on the deposit bonuses when you make that first uh, push into the account. They take Bitcoin. They take credit cards on the way in. Uh, they do e-checks in Bitcoin on the way out. Easy to use. Good lines. Prop bets. They got it all over at mybookie.ag. We are very happy, thrilled even, to continue to be their partner for the next two to three months. We've uh, renewed our deal with MyBookie. So please do keep signing up over there. They've been awesome with us. And you guys know that I'll always keep you abreast of any odds boost stuff they have going on. I think they had one for MMA, but it wasn't something that I fully understood. So we kind of ignored it. But they do it most of the time. You know, like every couple of months, they got something going on. I don't know what the next one will be. Uh, Maybe football related? Who the hell knows? Either way, stay tuned to it because they're giving out money. We have taken... Basically, a $50 deposit at the beginning of the last college football... No, NFL season. That came first last year. And through odds boost alone, we've turned that $50 deposit into about four or 500 bucks. That's nuts, man. Absolutely nuts. You didn't have to do anything other than make that initial $50 deposit so that you had something to gamble with. And then everything else, it's not promo bucks. Those odds boosts are real. So I'll keep you guys abreast of that. But you got to get in if you want to be a part of it. Already, you've missed out on four or 500 actual free dollars. Want to know what? I cashed out 300 of it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw this profit in my pocket, bought my kid a video game. Screwed around with the rest of it over at Top Shot. <laughs> you know, thanks to my bookie. Easy money. And then obviously with the rest of it, we slow grow our bankroll. I'm up about nine and a half, ten 10 units on NBA plays so far this year. So that's another couple hundred bucks for me. But that, that requires work. Odds boost doesn't. Let's do them both. I think over the last, let's see, starting in the, the playoffs, they did, there wasn't an odds boost. So starting when, when we got our first odds boost as a partner with my bookie, which I believe was in August or September of last year, if you combine that with how I've done on my actual NBA picks, I don't know, what do you want to call a unit? 10 bucks? 20 bucks? I don't know what you guys bet out there. Call it 20 bucks. So odds boost alone, you're up about 20 to 25 units. Our NBA plays are up another 10. So that would be about $700 up from odds boost and NBA wagers alone. Got to get involved, man. Go get the wager pass. $9.99 in hoop ball a month, 33 cents a day. Go to mybookie.ag. Get your butt in there. All right, the look ahead. The mighty look ahead. It's a colossal Wednesday. 12-game card. It's overload day. You almost definitely have too many guys playing on your roster, and you're almost definitely going to have to bench some of them. So, what do you do there? Well, if you're in Roto, you bench the guys that are getting you stats you don't need. That's an easy one. And how do you know which stats you don't need? Look at the guys around you, not just in the rankings, I don't care who's chasing you down and who you're chasing down. Look at everyone 
Who are you closest to in every statistical category? I did that myself earlier this morning. Looked in one of my Roto Leagues, realized that if I don't make a move in X category, not only am I not going to gain on someone, but there's someone right on my tail. So I benched, I don't know, a guard. I threw in a big man. Or I benched a big man and I threw in a guard in the utility spot. That's how you got to be doing that in Roto. In head-to-head, I really think it comes down to who's injured. Someone's going to be a late scratch. Here's a fun thing you can do. Move all of your latest start time players into your utility slot or slots. And it might not work out great because the guys you have on your bench might not be guys that start late either. But if you can put guys in your utility slots that start late, then it makes it much easier to substitute someone in for those. I guess the first priority would be put guys in your utility slot that have a questionable tag on their name or put those guys on the bench if you want and then sub in the other guys into your utility slots. Basically what I'm saying is make it really easy for you to switch a guy at the last second. Don't, like, if there's someone with a game-time decision, don't put him in the power forward slot if the guy you're rotating in isn't also a power forward. Then you got to move everybody around, and if somebody's game has already started, then you might get locked into starting a dude that's not playing. So obviously check injury reports leading up to 4 o'clock. Pull any of those guys out. Get anyone with a game-time decision tag into your utility slot or onto your bench, and that'll make it easier to substitute guys in and out later. Golden State is in Washington taking on the Wizards. Nothing really on the Warriors' side. Washington is... We've talked about Daniel Gafford as a a play, but his minutes being split right now. Bertans appears to be good to go. You know, this is a, a different game to play for us right now. Wizards have... Three games the rest of this week, although they start a 5-7 and seven on Sunday. So that's a team you're looking at a little bit later this week. Bulls, they play today and tomorrow. Chicago on a back-to-back. And then you probably want to consider moving on from some of your Chicago streamer types because tomorrow is the end of a 5-7 and seven stretch for the shorthanded Chicago Bulls. Cavaliers, they're kind of the other side of this thing. They go today, Friday, Sunday, and that starts a 5-7 and seven for them, just like the Washington Wizards. That's how we're going to do it here on this show. Because there really isn't that much we're watching for as potential ad guys in almost any of these games. It's very reactionary at the end of the night. We're not doing that like, I'm going to pick some up at halftime type of thing. Because it's really all about stat hunting in Roto and games played hunting in head-to-head. OKC plays Friday, and then that's it for the rest of their week. They do have a five-game week next week. Isaiah Roby now dealing with a toe thing, so it's possible that that moves Moses Brown back into a better role, thinning out the front court just a little bit for him. Uh, if indeed that's the case, then Brown, Baisley, Maladon, like a lot of these guys in the five-game week are much more interesting. On the Indiana side, Demonis Sabonis has been ruled out. I don't even know if they have a center anymore. Luckily, they play today, and then they're off for two days, and then they got a back-to-back over the weekend which makes them an interesting potential weekend stream, but then they slide back into kind of a bad scheduling spot. They don't have their 5-7 and until May the 5th. And that goes all the way into the last week of the season. Their schedule kind of backloaded here a little bit. So the hell with you, Indiana Pacers, and we don't even know who's playing for you tonight. Phoenix, Philadelphia. Philly dealing with a bunch of guys with a questionable tag. Embiid, uh, Tobias, 
Simmons, they're actually three and a half point underdogs now at home. So Vegas is thinking at least one of those guys is not playing tonight. And based on how far the line is swung, it's probably Joel. Okay, so, you know, uh, Dwight Howard would be a potential short-term fill-in there. If you're doing the Roto streaming stuff, Philadelphia, they... Phoenix, by the way, they go today and tomorrow, and then they're off until Sunday. Philadelphia, today, tomorrow, they've got a game on Saturday. They've got four game weeks the every week, the rest of the way. Uh, if you have any of those dudes that you've been streaming on Philly, you just sort of keep them going until guys start coming back. That's sort of where you're at with that one. And if guys do come back, then you probably abandon ship on Friday, I would think. You know, you just let them play today and tomorrow. They've got games. You might as well use them. And then, you know, get out of the Korkmaz business or whatever dude you're streaming on Philadelphia. Brooklyn, Toronto, we talked plenty about the Nets already. Raptors, sounds like most of their guys are back in for this ball game. We'll see, I suppose. We'll see. What the hell does that mean? Are they tanking? Are they not tanking? Luckily, who cares? One reason you, I guess you could care is that it's possible Raptors have been getting dropped in your leagues. What I said earlier this week on our Monday show was, don't drop your Raptors yet. Wait until Wednesday to find out if, those, if the veterans, Lowry, Van Vliet, Siakam, OG, if those guys are playing. I got the feeling Toronto was so completely wiped out by COVID and injury that they were just like, screw it. We have to rest everyone or we won't stand a chance. It was, we're going to take whatever short-term hit comes with this. If we lose a couple of winnable ball games, whatever. But Lowry's got nothing in the tank. Van Fleet's got nothing in the tank. Siakam, OG, none of these guys. They're all completely cooked. And then guess what? The other guys stepped up. Dudes sat out. Raptors had an easy stretch of schedule. They beat the Spurs, the Magic, and the Thunder. And now... They get their horses back when the schedule gets tougher. I really think that's what this was. The guys were just so cooked. They had so many games postponed and then rescheduled and rammed in together that they were like, look, if we can just get our old goats some uh, some rest here, maybe we got a shot. So maybe maybe the old goats now play both games this week. They've got five games next week, though. I cannot imagine that the old dudes on the Raptors play all five games. But crazier things have happened. Right now, Toronto is the 12 seed in the Eastern Conference, but they're only a half game back of the Chicago Bulls and Washington Wizards for that last play-in spot. And I think they're probably going for it. Cavs kind of going the other way right now. They're Pretty soon they'll let go of the rope. So for Toronto, if some of their big guns got dropped, you could make an argument to pick them up here. They got only two games the rest of the week, but no one has more than three the rest of this week. So maybe you sacrifice one game to get a OG who's been awesome this year. Or, uh, I don't know, did Siakam? It probably didn't get dropped anywhere. Those guys are still pretty heavily rostered. But, like, OG Ananobi's number 42. His roster ship is down to 82% now. That's insanely low for someone who's been a top 50 asset all year. Siakam's still 99. Van Fleet, Lowry, those guys are still up in the 90s, so probably less so. Uh, And then points league side, Gary Trent, he actually was playing already, so that's kind of a a little bit of a different story there. But check your league to see if any of those guys got dumped because it seems like maybe they're going to let him run. Where were we? Oh, yes, Toronto. Utah, we have a pretty good idea what they are now. More usage for Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, Boyan Bogdanovich, basically. Houston, 
Start the starters. That's an easy one. Love it. I love when we can just barrel through. Uh, John Wall will be sitting out one of the back-to-backs on Friday, Saturday. Something to, again, sort of keep in the back of your brainsies. Back of your brainsies. Atlanta, we just talked about them from yesterday. New York, same kind of thing. Nothing special there. Detroit, it seems like everybody's in for this one. Everybody was off. Pistons are sporadically resting people. I'm guessing that most of your Pistons will be sitting out again tomorrow. So the Jeremy Grants, the Mason Plumleys, the Wayne Ellingtons. Killian Hayes, does he sit out either half of this back-to-back for Detroit? That's something to monitor as well. Pistons are an easier team to utilize in Roto right now. Isaiah Stewart seems like he's probably good enough to use in all formats. Sadiq Bey, as we've talked about before, also. Jeremy Grant, you hang on to in Roto. Plumlee, I think you can drop. Which far do we go? Corey Joseph playing tonight. Killian Hayes, I think you use in Roto, at least until he's playing in back-to-backs, and you could probably use him in head-to-head, although they only have three games next week, and then five the week after that. Would be really nice to know who's actually playing every day for Detroit by May 3rd, finals week. Because they have, are they the only five-game week, that one? thought there was one other team. It might be the only one. It might just be Detroit. A bunch of teams have a cluster at the very end of the regular season. Dallas, favored by 10.5 in this game. They got... Lakers tomorrow on TNT. This could be a weird one. They've been playing kind of poorly, though, and you know they want to try to chase down those Blazers, so I don't know. We shall see. Mavericks are really all about next week. They've got one of the five-game weeks. This is the start of a back-to-back for the Mavericks, though. Today, tomorrow, then they play Saturday, and then they start their five-gamer. So it's actually not a horrible idea because a lot of people in your league are probably looking at Mavericks as pickups on Monday of next week. Maybe you just get out in front of them. Who the hell that is. Jalen Brunson would be someone you could stream from now until the end of next week. Five and seven becomes eight in 12. But, but, if it's not gaining you a game, that makes it kind of a tough argument. That's why that's, that, well, that's why that one's, especially on an overload day. Maybe you make your move to a Maverick tomorrow depending on who you're letting go of. But yeah, I mean, like the Thunder, like the Raptors, you have to be looking, how can I get in front of other people in my league? How can I make these moves before the teams I might be playing against? How do, how do I do it without costing myself? Miami, uh, we'll see if they get any of their guys back. Spurs favored by a point in this game, so I'm inclined to think that someone's still out for the Heat, but I don't really know. That's a tough one. Tough to make a call on a team like that. Uh, Miami does have a back-to-back Friday, Saturday, but their schedule lightens up a bit after that one. San Antonio, they're in the middle of a back-to-back right now. They go four games uh, this week, next week, the week after that. They got five the final week. They Remember, they are arguably the best schedule in the league the rest of the way. I think Memphis is right up there with them. Spurs happen to post a few more of their games here rapid fire, but they also don't have many guys you can stream, so blech. There's Memphis, speaking of the Grizzlies. They're in L.A. taking on the Clippers off that tough double OT loss. Clippers narrowly squeaked by the Blazers last night. Um, Yeah, with Memphis, I mean, DeAnthony Melton's back, so you got that going on. (laughs) I mean, Roto, you got to get him. 
Jaron Jackson Jr. makes his return from Memphis tonight. He'll probably play just a handful of minutes, but that'll shake up the front court a little bit more. We don't have a status report on Jonas Valanciunas yet. If he's still out, you can roll with Xavier Tillman. That's probably the Memphis report. Clippers, yuck. Yuck. Schedule sucks. Minnesota, Sacramento, kind of the same thing. Schedule sucks for head-to-head. Roto, we just talked about. Uh, Sacramento as DeLon Wright and Hassan Whiteside are, are some above-the-cut guys in Roto right now. And then Denver is in Portland. Denver finally got a big one from Will Barton, and they're going to need more of that because Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. are not going to be able to do it themselves. Jamal Murray, so critical to this team. We're, we're sort of waiting for it to catch up with Denver a little bit. Was that last game against Memphis, was that the beginning of the catch-up? Maybe. Dame back for the Blazers. Should be a fun one. Should be a good ball game up there in Oregon. Oregon! Streaming-wise, Denver actually has a pretty good schedule here coming up. You could get out in front of it with them tonight. I don't know that I would use a move tonight with Denver, mostly because your streaming options there are like Facundo Campazzo or Jamichael Green. Not super compelling stuff. They do start at 5-7 and seven on Friday, though. So if you're hunting, say, steals, really. Campazzo's kind of a steals specialist at this point. 5-7. and seven. That's how we're doing it, man. That's how we keep rolling. And that's your look ahead. Okay, put a pin in this one. Uh, get you out, get you on with your life. Hey, thank you to everybody that keeps reaching out about the recruiting stuff. Um... I mentioned on yesterday's pod, and I'll mention it again here right before we close out. This is actually the best time to reach out about becoming an analyst. Don't do it at the beginning of the season. Don't do it when everyone is reaching out saying, Oh, I can do it. I can do it this year. I can do it because guess what? You can't. A lot of the folks that reach out at the start of the season are like, Yeah, this is the time. And then like four weeks in, they're going, Oh my God, this is actually work. Like, I got to actually stay on top of everything all the time, and they give up. This is a great time to do it. Get your feet wet. Learn how it works. Bust your butt in a playoff. The playoff time, this is a great time to reach out. Or on the DFS side, because that runs straight through the playoffs. DFS runs two months longer than full season fantasy. Hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Baspers, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. If you're interested in jumping over the wall, the curtain, and being a part of the analyst contingent here at hoop-ball.com. Again, check out my bookie, check out the wager pass, check out the fantasy pass. Let's all work our way to the finals and win them. Let's take home some cash. That's what I said. Yeah, I did it with a stupid way of saying it. Uh, Big recap tomorrow, but again, we are really focused on streaming right now and the split between head-to-head and roto. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. Enjoy the wild overload. Check the news constantly. A lot of games start at 4 o'clock, two of them at 5, two at 5.30, and then you got to break until 7. Stay on top of the injury stuff. you got to make sure all in head-to-head of your roster slots are active. Get those injured guys out. All right, later, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a HoopBall presentation.